minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos Shira. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
It's a treasure that makes me feel whole. 
It's the time God made and my neshama See you. 
נתן לך במתנה דבר גדול, דבר נפלא אלוקים נתן לך במתנה את החיים על פני האדמה Find a different mind, don't waste that time 
hold on, gotta stand up, yeah, tell him bring it on, yeah, we don't have to back down, we gonna make a stand, this is the beginning of a scent, young man, I believe in you, believe in yourself, you have a worth and a shim will help, gotta know it in your mind that everything's a test, you're King David, face Goliath, the world was made for you, no need for fears, you will make it through, leave it all behind, just aim for truth, you're the real star, so we came for you, yeah, yeah, no bully, nobody that can break you, be a keyboard like Hashem made you, dig deep down, with everything it takes you, gotta fight fears, cause you are full of greatness, they say There we go. J.M. in the A.M. Bring It On, done by the New York Boys Choir. Elohim Natan, that's Yaakov Shweki, Holy Brothers presentation of their Shabbos medley. That's pretty cool. The Portnoy Cats and Solomon Brothers. Shira Chadasha Boys Choir with Az Yashir, this week's Parsha. Jumping in the Red Sea, Revel Sheva. Shabbos medley, brand new Baruch Levine off the album entitled Off the Record. Oh, is that funny? I didn't realize I'm doing the wrong playlist here. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. JM in the end. Oh, there we go. I got to switch this playlist. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Got to figure this out. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this January the 29th. Wow. Final Friday of January 2021. 16th day in the month of Shvat, the year 5781. I hope your Tu B'Shvat was wonderful. Thanks for spending it with us yesterday. Our Tu B'Shvat special was pretty amazing, I must say. And a big thank you, of course, to Mayor Weingarten, who helped make it so amazing. A great Tu B'Shvat special. No better way to celebrate than with us here at JM in the AM. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha's B'Shalach, Erev Shabbos Shira. Candle lighting is at 4.50 here in New York. 4.50. Make sure you know when things start where you are, no matter what part of the world you may be in. 20 degrees, 48. Yeah, 20. It's cold. 20 degrees, 48% humidity. Winds in northwest at 18 miles per hour. Morning clouds, afternoon sun. High temperature, 26. Very windy out there. I'm telling all you all you New Yorkers and New Jerseyans. Locally, very, very windy. It is cold. Bundle up. Clear tonight, low 18. Wind chill close to zero. Uh, tomorrow, sunshine for Shabbos, a high of 33. It's going to be really cold, Shabbos. Uh, Yerushalayim is at 47. We're at 20 in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. And I uh, thank you all for tuning in. 
plenty coming up. We have the weekly update about an hour from now. We've got the Harry Rothenberg and Parshas Bishalach. We have Rabbi Yudin on Parshas Bishalach. Uh, today, Rabbi Yudin's uh, Dvar Torah coming up at 8.15 Eastern Time is being presented in memory of Rachel Leah Kurtzfeld, Rachel Leah, Bas uh, Moshe Ezra and Tova. And a, a thank you to the Kurtzfeld and Knecht families uh, for donating in memory of uh, Rachel Leah Kurtzfeld. Much appreciated, and we certainly will announce that as we uh, present Rabbi Goldwasser, excuse me, Rabbi Yudin, at uh, 8.15 this morning here at JM in the AM. Um, so we have a lot to do We're here till nine o'clock. Uh, unbelievable music all day long, including the uh, presentation of the Arab Shabbos show special for Shabbos Bishalach, Shabbos Shira, coming up at ten a.m. Eastern time with Mark Zamek. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, and uh, Arab Shabbos music mix. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. The final hour, which will start at about four p.m., brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's all happening here on a, a Friday Arab Shabbos at the Nahum Siegel Network. Simple as that. Don't forget that the Kosher Halftime Show 2021 is coming up on the 7th of February. Uh, the 7th of February is the uh, day that Tampa Bay and Kansas City are going to be going at each other on the football field. It's also the day that... Um, we will be presenting Kosher Halftime Show 2021, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, with a big thank you to the Rothenberg family. Kosher Halftime Show, February 7th, presented by the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Avi Krauss and Nissan Black together. J.M. in the A.M. Your soul and Zachor. All we have is from the one above. Give them to us. They glow, no strife, no phone. The fire, it burns. Inside, we yearn for the ultimate day that we can turn away from the pain that pains us. We trust. This is the day of faith. This is the day he gave so that I can rest my case. I'm sitting in my resting place. A witness convincing the world he made that we must thank and give praise. I'm glad that you know no limits. It doesn't even matter where you are because we're keeping it together with love. No ending. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Leif Dahar. You heard both Lachado D. and Dror Yikrash. Shia Rubenstein with his Lachado D. And Avi Krauss and Nissan Black together with Best of All Days. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Got lights out in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach, Shabbos Shira, candle lighting at 4.50 in New York, 4.50. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Clouds this morning, sun this afternoon, very windy and cold in this area. Warning everybody, very windy, very, very cold. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us coming up at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with the weekly update. Big day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. No need to ever touch that dial today. Keep us on until candle lighting. Amazing music. Great way to prepare for Shabbos. Nothing to worry about. I'm telling you, we got you covered completely, including Mark Zomik and the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedden that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's all happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. צהל השעה שתיים. שלום רב, כאן תליה כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. נסללה הדרך להערכת הסגר. יושב ראש הכנסת יריב לוין הודיע שיכנס את מליאת הכנסת ביום ראשון בצהריים על מנת לאשר את הכפלת הכנסות למפרי תקנות הקורונה. כך מעדכן כתבנו בכנסת יניר קוזין. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג מזכירה כי מדובר היה בתנאי של כחול לבן כדי לאשר לכנס ישיבת ממשלה ובמסגרתה להעריך את תקנות הסגר הנוכחי שפגות בראשון בחצות. במשרד הבריאות ידרשו להעריך את הסגר במספר ימים לפחות. טיסת החילוץ ההומניטרית הראשונה של חברת ישראייר נחתה לפני זמן קצר בנמל התעופה בן גוריון ועליה עשרות נוסעים שחזרתם ארצה אושרה בוועדת החריגים. השבים מחויבים בבידוד בביתם או במלונית בנוסף להצגת בדיקת קורונה שלילית שבוצעה 72 שעות טרם המראתם. כתבתנו לענייני תעופה עינב קרנר מוסרת כי הטיסות הבאות כולל זו שהייתה מתוכננת כבר לראשון הקרוב תצאנה רק לאחר שתתקבל החלטה בממשלה בנושא הקמת ועדת החריגים לחוזרים בישראל. כתבי אישום של 13 חשודים בעבירות מין ברשת הוגשו היום לבית משפט השלום בחיפה. אלו נעצרו במסגרת מבצע שערכה המשטרה בחודשים האחרונים באמצעות שוטרת סמויה שהתחזתה לנערה. עליה פנו באמצעות ברשתות החברתיות, ניסו לשדל אותה למפגשים בעלי אופי מיני ושלחו לה תמונות וסרטונים אינטימיים. המבצע הסתיים לפני שלושה ימים במעצר של 23 חשודים. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר כי בשבוע הבא יוגשו כתבי אישום נגד מעורבים נוספים. כ-300 בני אדם הפגינו בשעה האחרונה מול תחנת המשטרה באום אל-פחם במחאה על טיפול המשטרה באלימות ובפשיעה בחברה הערבית. בהפנה השתתף גם אביו השקול של מוחמד אגבריה, שנרצח בעיר לפני שבוע, שקרא להורים תשמרו על הילדים שלכם, תדעו לאן הם הולכים ומאיפה הם מרוויחים כסף. ולמשטרה חובתכם להגן עלינו ולתפוס את הרוצחים בחברה שלנו, כך אגבריה. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני החברה הערבית, דורון קדוש. 
בתל אביב עשרות מפגינים כעת בשוק לוינסקי נגד יחס השלטונות לזיהום האוויר באזור. המוחים קוראים בעד פינוי התחנה המרכזית החדשה בעיר ושינויים בתוואי הרכבת הקלה. כתבנו בתל אביב, בן נצר מוסיף כי בין מארגני המחאה, תושבים וסיעת אנחנו העיר במועצה. מזג האוויר היום צפויים גשמים מלווים ברוחות חזקות ובסופות רעמים בודדות מצפון הארץ ועד צפון הנגב. הטמפרטורות תהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל לעונה וקיים חשש משיטפונות במדבר יהודה ובים המלח. שלג ירד בחרמון ובצפון רמת הגולן. כתבנו יותם פוגל מוסר כי כל חופי תל אביב הפתוחים בעונת החורף אסורים לרחצה בשל חשש לזיהום בעקבות זרימת מי שפכים באזור תחנת רידינג. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת פר... שבת שירה פרשת בשלח בירושלים ב-4.31, בתל אביב תיכנס השבת ב-4.52, בחיפה ב-4.40 ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-4.53. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר בירושלים ובחיפה ב-5.48, בתל אביב ב-5.50 ובבאר שבע תצא השבת ב-5.51. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום. אלה החדשות שעורכת עמלי חביב פרגון.
siren echoes in the air A nation anxious, numb with fear Side by side, eyes raised to heaven Praying fervent prayers A tragedy with narrow hope We stand together, try to cope Hashem, please save our family Wipe away the tears But when everything is back in order Why do we let go? Our hearts were bound as one together Was it just for show? Do we really need another shadow To block our warning sun? And to remind the soul that we are really one. Which other people can compare with how we hold each other dear through suffering and painful times? Our bond is ever strong. If we'd linger on Long after our cries are gone No storm could ever reach our midst If we'd only stay so strong And when everything is back in order United we'd remain Cause despite our many differences We're a family just the same With an open heart And to help each other grow And when we are forced apart Never let the feeling go No, we'll never need another shadow To block our warming sun For Hashem will see We know that we That we are really And we are really one. Brand new from the Chizuk Project, Ellie Gerstner and company. That's uh, Baruch Levine here at JM. The AM song is entitled We Are One. Before that, Arye Kunstler was split the sea. Schlock rock with Into the Sea on this era of Shabbos. Bishalach, Erev Shabbashira. Harry Rothenberg has words uh, regarding uh, Parsha's Bishalach and Shabbashira. Um, later on, we'll hear from Rabbi Yudin, of course, on the Parsha. And today, Rabbi Yudin's uh, presentation on the uh, Parsha of Bishalach is uh, being done in memory of Rachel Leah Kurtzfeld, Rachel Leah Bat uh, Moshe Ezra and Tova, with a thank you to the um, Kurtzfeld and Knecht families for their generous sponsorship. And again, that'll be coming up a little later on, about an hour from now here at JMDM. Meanwhile, 
Harry Rothenberg's words, Bas Moshe Ezra and Tova. Here he is on Parshas Bishalach at JM in the AM. This week, the Jews find themselves in an incredibly difficult situation. The sea is in front of them, the advancing Egyptian army is behind them, and they are trapped, and they are terrified, and they start complaining to Moses, to Moshe. And Moshe, their, our fearless leader, calms them down. He says, don't worry. Stand tall and watch as God saves us. The Egyptians you see now, you're not going to see them anymore. God is going to go to war for you. Just be silent. The commentators explain that what he means is that they shouldn't even pray. Now that's really weird because if ever there seemed like a good time to pray, it seems like right now. Say a few Hail Marys or whatever the Jewish equivalent was back then. So why is Moshe telling them to be totally quiet, not even to pray? The answer is that this is the key moment in Jewish history. It's the birth of the nation. This is when God is going to wipe out our enemies and free the Jewish people to serve him. And so Moshe wants the Jewish people to be all in. He's telling them, don't close your eyes and start swaying and crying out to God. Keep them open and watch every detail. Burn it into your memory banks. Analyze it afterwards. Digest it. Think about it. Talk about it. Tell your kids about it so that they can tell their kids about it. So that thousands and thousands of years later, when each of us each year on Passover, on Pesach, sits down at our Seder, each of us do our collective muscle memory of Jewish history because our ancestors paid such close attention to watch the individual many, many miracles that God did for them during the crossing of the sea. Each of us can feel that night every year as if we are leaving Egypt because our ancestors that night, at that time, were all in. And it's unfortunate because nowadays it's so unbelievably difficult to be all in. You're trying to pay attention during your Zoom meeting, but there are so many things vying for that attention. It's split because of the inevitability, the constant feeling that I've got to be multitasking. We're lured by Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and email and texts and Slack, and it never ends. And then finally, we inch our way, crawl our way to the finish line. We make it to Friday, the end of the week. And for those of us who observe the Shabbos, the Sabbath, the Holy Sabbath, we get this respite that's unlike anything that anyone else has in the world. We get to turn off our phones, our tablets, our laptops, get to take control of our lives again. God, once a week, frees us. But he frees us to serve him. We have to be so careful not to fall into the trap of using our newfound freedom, our free time, to start talking about sports and politics and current events and the stock market and your business and fashion and gossip instead of using that time wisely, using that freedom to come closer to him. Instead, we've got to redouble our efforts to concentrate, to be all in with our Father in heaven. Yeah.
JM in the AM. <laughs> it's the Moshav band. Uh, both Boi Vishalom and Mizmor Shiru. A couple of great selections from our Shabbos liturgy. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas Bishalach, Shabbos Shira, candle lighting at 4.50 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are, please. Um, You know, it's funny, uh, listener GZ Settler, the point you're making on the app about last week's Parsha, I made that same point at our Shabbos table last week. It's funny. And I thank you for tossing that in. Um, Please keep in mind Rifka Naomi Bas Shulamis Chana in need of Tfilot. Again, that's Rifka Naomi Bas Shulamis Chana. And of course, your help with that is a greatly appreciated. It always is. 20 degrees, very cold out there, very cold, very windy in this area. It's going to be like that for the next few days. Bundle up. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Able- oh, what did I get from A&H yesterday? I was in Aaron's yesterday. I was in Aaron's Casino Farms yesterday. <laughs> I always got to tell the story. I'm in Aaron's Casino Farms yesterday in Queens, and I look at the shopping list and the great Stacy Siegel, the lovely Stacy Siegel had tossed the words hot dogs onto the shopping list. I wonder where I have it. I think I have it here somewhere. I still have it from yesterday. So I go over to the uh, to the hot dog section of um, of Aaron's Casino Farms, which is a, a its own separate section, sort of like toward the end of the whole meat area. And I see some really nice-looking packages from A&H, of course. I mean, why would I buy any other hot dog but A&H? But then I see this really large, I don't know how many hot dogs it's got in it. It's got. It's probably got to have like 20 hot dogs in it. Really large package. looked fantastic. And that's the one I got. So I have this really large package. I don't know what it's for. I don't know if it's for the Super Bowl uh, get-together uh, to watch the kosher halftime show together a week from Sunday. I don't know if it's for that. I don't know if we're having it for dinner one night this coming week. I don't know. I'm not sure what's uh, what's on the menu or what was uh, going through um, Stacy Siegel's mind when she tossed it onto the uh, shopping list. But I'm going to be enjoying some delicious A&H hot dogs. I can tell you that much. Uh, anyway, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Uh, don't forget, promo code radio gets you 10% off at the website, kosherdogs.net. Uh, speaking of promo code radio, hello, everybody. Do you know that between now and February the 10th, the folks at Artscroll and Artscroll.com have an outrageous sale? Do you know that? An outrageous sale going on. Artscroll has a 30% off on all Talmud and Mishnah. Talmud, Mishnah, Ein Yaakov, Tosfos, Artscroll, iPad. It is all 30% off between now and February the 10th. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. You want the Talmud? You want the Mishnah? You want anything associated with Talmud and Mishnah that's for sale now? Always use promo code radio. You get an amazing discount, no minimum, free shipping, promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com and uh, and save. And save like crazy. Simple as that. <laughs> Not just save, but save like crazy. Our friends at Partners in Torah want you to have a rewarding experience. 
and as both a, a mentor and as a uh, as a student or as a student I should say you can have an amazing and incredible inspiring experience on a weekly basis uh, studying and helping others study about our tradition and heritage go to partnersintorah.org again go to partnersintorah.org or dial 1-800-STUDY-42 1-800-STUDY the number four and then the number two and um, and that's it. You're all set. They'll take very good care of you over there at Partners in Torah. And again, it'll be an inspiring experience that you will just uh, appreciate more and more as the weeks go by. So check it out, partnersintorah.org or 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Malcolm Holmline, about 10 minutes from now with the weekly update. Plenty more coming up. It's JM in the AM. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. I must interrupt. <laughs> I got to thank Seth Levitt. 
I got to thank Seth Levitt. He's the man behind the delicious uh, delicacies of A&H. <laughs> I got to thank him. <laughs> See, for me, a regular guy going to the supermarket, for me, it's a big package with, you know, probably 20 hot dogs or so that look great and <laughs> and is packaged beautifully. That's what it looks like to me, the average consumer who's uh, shopping at Aaron's Casino Farms and uh, making sure to uh, check hot dogs off of Stacey Siegel's shopping list. Uh, but Seth, who, of course, is in charge over there at A&H, he, he gives me the accurate description of what it is that I picked up and bought. It's the family pack. It's a family pack of 16 hot dogs. It is a two-and-a-half-pound package. And that, Nahum Siegel, is what you enjoyed uh, shopping for and will enjoy eating with your family uh, from A&H. <laughs> Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. JM in the AM on this Erev Shabbos Shira. That was good. That was good, I must say. Uh, Malcolm Holmline coming up with a weekly update and plenty more if you keep it right here at the JM in the AM. Shalom. Good evening, friends. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Really warms our hearts to see so many beautiful faces, new and old. So let's have a lot of real holy fun tonight. Let's, can't think, think of a better term for that. At least that's, that's what we're having up here. So... We need your help for this one.
Shlomo Katz. Yismichu. Proud father of a brand new baby boy after uh, an amazing collection of uh, of girls. He has some incredible daughters, and now they have a uh, a younger brother. Mazal tov to the Katz family. Friday morning on this uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach, Erev Shabbos Shiro with candlelighting at 4.50 in the New York area. Avrami just contacted me that the um, Erev Shabbos show and the final hour are all archived already. So they're all available in the archive section at nachomsegel.com. So if you are, uh, if it's already Shabbos when we play the final hour at about uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time today, then you could actually play it on your own now and have your own final hour at some point today. That's how it works, trying to accommodate the entire world on this global network, frankly. Doing a pretty good job at it, and uh, this is just one of those features where you could actually program your own hour of Shabbos if uh, <laughs> if your Shabbos begins before ours does. <laughs> Clouds this morning, sun this afternoon, but it's very windy and cold out there. If in the New York, New Jersey area, I'm warning you. Very, very windy, very, very cold. And uh, no other way to say it. Just bundle up and uh, be careful out there. Uh, simple as that. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com. If you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos for your education and uh, enjoyment, although I don't know how many news articles today really cause enjoyment but or pleasure, but uh, certainly for education, go to JewishWorldReview.com. And uh, check out what they have to offer. They've got thousands of articles ready for you to print out and um, and peruse. And uh, later on, Rabbi Yudin, of course, is going to be addressing uh, Parshas B'Shalach. Just want to mention that this morning, I want to thank the Kurtzfeld and Knecht families. They've made a generous donation uh, to our foundation in memory of Rachel Leah Kurtzfeld, Rachel Leah Bas Moshe Ezra and Tova. Um. Uh, to dedicate her by Yudin's words, his Parsha Shir, if you will, uh, in her memory. So that'll be done in honor and in honored memory of Rachelaya Bas Moshe Ezra. And we thank them very, very much. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be back. Even though this very cold morning, and uh, looking forward to a warm Shabbos. Yeah, what's the story with that? It's so cold out there. How on earth did that happen in the month of January? Um, any Jewish angle to the story that's dominating the news? This whole Robin Hood, GameStop. <laughs> Have you seen, heard? Have you thought of any Jewish angle to this story? Well, you know, they're trying to concoct it, and we're seeing already anti-Semitic um, things on the Internet, wow. tying it to Mr. Cohen and to the hedge funds and to the manipulation and to all sorts of, uh, you know, wild theories, which, you know, happens almost automatically these days. Whenever any issue comes up, doesn't matter what it is, it was inevitable that at some point they'll, you know, drag out the Rothschilds, which has happened in in, in the last few days. Uh, but when you have a congresswoman talking about the Rothschild having some sort of uh, space um, capacity to set fires in California, you begin to wonder. Yeah. Someone joked, how else are we supposed to control the weather? And I say <laughs> it like that because that is, I mean, you know, these are theories that people, of course, um, toss out there and other people um, believe. 
And many people believe it. And then even with this, uh, I mean, I've talked to young Jewish guys about this uh, current wave of protest against the hedge funds. And I, I told them, who do you think you're protesting against? What do you think they are? You know, and the the ignorance and the manipulation uh, of it is the fact that today that GameStop is up again, I think, 100 and some points in the opening. It's going to collapse eventually, but... The manipulation is very dangerous. It's, uh, you know, stock, when stock markets collapse, you yeah. Have... I, mean, if, I don't know why we're getting such a bad echo, and I apologize to the listeners for it. I don't think we have to reconnect. I don't think it's that bad. You know, and and the manipulation is always a um, it's always a a tricky issue because we talk about the manipulation of the you know of those hedge funds and others on Wall Street that control things, but now we have a completely different model. You know, it's it's amazing. We saw it, by the way. With the fundraising for presidential and other elections, right? I think we even mentioned that you know there are people. Oh, we I, that, that was a conversation we had earlier this week on the air. That now people could take a strong interest easily in local elections thousands of miles away from them, and they could donate in an instant, obviously. And now that same model seems to be going on at, when it comes to the stock market. That if you have enough of a following, if you have enough of an influence out there. Over you know tens of thousands of people, they all all they have to do is make a small donation, or in this case, make a small investment, and collectively the entire thing can move in one direction. It's a completely different world that we're living in right now. In every respect, and uh, in, a, in a sense, it collectivizes, and in a sense, it individualizes, and and especially this past year where there's been no ability for people to meet, and by and large, and to engage in the activities that they normally would, and yet the Internet has become the replacement as the channel vehicle for creating communities, for activity, for mobilizing. And it, it, we see that unless there are really strict controls, you, you know, Facebook put in a fact-check box now on Holocaust denial, right. supposedly, but it's still, it's still going on, and we have to see that Twitter and all the others um, are very careful about the, the um, without limiting free speech per se, not to allow the the anti-Semitic manipulations, or racist manipulations, or others that are going on, and and it's it's amazing how fast something that uh, somebody can concoct can become a fact yeah. in the minds of large numbers. Let's go one by one for a second. First of all, on the Marjorie Taylor Greene, did she make a comment apologizing or retracting or anything or? Not that I've seen, could be, but I have not seen any retraction. Then you have this situation with the Westchester uh, congressman. I was shocked to see that he took down that tweet, the one about occupation, the congressman who replaced Elliot Engel. Bowman. Uh, Bowman. He actually took down the tweet, and I'm saying to myself, wow, maybe we do have you know those who are you know I- Israel-loving people and concerned about Israel. Maybe we still do have a little bit of influence, because frankly, this stuff goes so viral so fast that you wonder if the, the people who, who have put it out, even if they regret it, whether it's worth it for them to take down. So in this case, at least he took it down. Yeah, but the damage is done, and you know, once it's out, you can issue retractions or you can issue apologies. We had several instances this week of things. So somebody tweets a response after there are three articles, but it, it, the vast majority of people saw the articles, don't see the the tweet or the the um, retraction. The damage is done by Mormon. His statement got picked up, and and talking uh, attack on Israel and. 
Um, you know, he represents Riverdale and parts of Westchester and New Rochelle, and, Yonkers, yeah. Yes, but maybe, but, but, so, maybe, so maybe it just makes me feel a little bit better that <laughs> that we still have a little bit of influence that someone reacts to it at least because we there are public officials now who we would put pressure on them or any Jewish leadership would pressure on them to remove stuff like this. They would not do it. We know that now that that exists in Washington. So. It's not just Washington, but as you point out, and no, it's, yeah, it's, we, we've seen other statements over the last, you know, from the left and from the right. Right, but there are congresswomen who represent areas of New York City where traditionally, if you represented that district, you'd be really careful of what you what you say about Israel. And now we're in a situation where we have con- members of the United States uh, House of Representatives in New York City representing, you know, areas that have Jews uh, and Israel lovers, and they don't care. They would never take it down. So. It's a little bit of a different era. Well, I'm not sure it's a different era, but I think I know your point. And, and periodically, the uh, you know, and, and especially we have some members like uh, Bowman who who said that he was anti BDS and he's anti this and he's pro Israel, and you know that he was that they're not going to follow the, certain groups in the Congress and others, and yet the automatic response to a question, even if he later takes it down, tells you what his thinking is, though. Right. And that's why we have to do a lot of education. We have to try to see if if they can be moved, and if you know it's ignorance or it's um, something that that you can educate them to to see differently. Uh, but the automatic response, you know, the apartheid state, and this is what occupation does, and this is you know blaming Israel over the vaccination stuff, and, and he wasn't alone. There were others who have done it. Um, is is and not shows they don't know the facts that under the Oslo Accord, the, the health responsibility falls with the PA and um, and you don't hear people now calling uh, you know PA called elections I haven't seen anybody saying oh how do we assure that they're democratic how do we assure that they're gonna <laughs> that the people will have a vote yeah. nothing at all and they know that it's all manipulation it's all you have two uh, elections Gaza and the, and the West Bank in Gaza they're arresting Hamas people in the West Bank they're arresting Hamas people already and you have an array of candidates none of whom uh, you know, can can really assert themselves until, except for Dahlan, who 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 doesn't get more than a few points uh, in the polls, uh, but is backed by Qatari, lives in the UAE, he's backed by others, and um, uh, you know, and they already are, are attacking him. But the the uh, others are just waiting because Abbas, he's 84, he just entered now the the 17th year of his four-year term. And the you know we'll see whether election actually takes place, but it won't be free, and it's not going. People know it, so you have skepticism about it. But that doesn't get any criticism. Get them a message that the mail-in balloting uh, works well. They may want yeah. to implement that and lists. Yeah, I should have a list of five candidates and let them pick one. <laughs> right. I don't know how to say harvesting in Arabic, but it may be a suggestion for them. Um, <laughs> Uh, one other thing, by the way, and honestly, I don't remember if we, I don't even think it took place before last time we spoke, uh, but this has been mentioned so many times on the air already this week, and I feel like I have to reiterate it. I, I understand that people have problems with with certain aspects of certain candidates, etc. But when Andrew Yang comes out and, and makes a whole big deal about anti-BDS and that New York City must be anti-BDS and must do business with Israel, etc. I understand he's been controversial and certain statements he's made have not sat well with the Jewish world. But, but at this point, I think our community and our community's leadership has to be vocal to acknowledge the bravery that someone who's running in a Democratic primary in New York has uh, has 
in, and the courage he has to make a statement like that. Well, the very fact that you think it's courageous for somebody to stand up in New York City and defend what is a, a fundamental principle of democracy, that you're against boycott, divestment, sanction movements, which is based on false and a false ideology anyway, that, that that's heroic. I think a Richie Torres, Congressman Torres now, former city councilman, mm-hmm. that's heroic because he doesn't just stop saying I'm against BDS. He gets up and he preaches for Israel. I mean, he's a, such an incredible spokesman, um, uh, and he's really becoming a rising star. He's, uh, uh, you know, newly elected. He's a young guy, and he has, um, uh, I think, uh, a great future. But that's courageous to me. And some of the other statements that people, when you, you stand up to say that you're not, it's, it's like saying, you know, I'm, uh, I'm against racism. Of course you should be against racism, and that should be a, a, a model for us. I'm sorry, I'm not ready yet to accept that that, that that's a sign of heroism. I, I get it, but when you're getting destroyed, you're get it. Yeah. I get it. But, <laughs> but, when, but when you're getting destroyed by your progressive colleagues who are already and others in New York City, not just so he has to appeal because he also has to separate himself from some of the other candidates. Look, I'm not putting it down. I'd rather have him do that. And right. I'm glad he okay. did it. Good. But but. I just don't think that I think that that we lower our standards so much that a New York City official, somebody wanting to be mayor of New York, has to get gets credit for for not saying I'm not I don't hate Israel and I'm not going to engage in things that call for the destruction or elimination of Israel and that have been uh, that even the U ambassador New York ambassador to the UN said more to, you know it leans into anti-Semitism and she condemned it at the at her hearing. Which I thought was important, also as uh, noteworthy, but you know, should it is the position, it has been the position of, of uh, U.S. governments and and people in the United States overwhelmingly reject uh, BDS. Right, you you get, you know the atmosphere in New York City, right? <laughs> you know, I you, live here. I, that, I, that's what I'm hoping that you understand just how progressive it's become and how dangerous the political uh, situation is right now. Well, that's the point. It's not. It, it is that. That it becomes remarkable is the point. Right. No, I get it. I still think that anyone who makes a statement like that, there should be acknowledgement from Jewish leadership. But, okay, I mean, I you know, I can't convince everybody to do that. Um, what about this most recent uh, um, situation with Ann Neuberger? Uh, because of her family's ties to APAC, et cetera, uh, there, was ac- there were accusations that there's a dual loyalty problem in her position with cybersecurity for the nation. Uh, then apparently that article... Uh, was taken down. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Well, it's it, first of all, it's an outrageous thing that because a family foundation made a contribution to a legitimate en- agency, and um, it wasn't her personal contribution. There was no sign she she has not been involved. Her husband's actually quite involved in it, in APAC, um, and the uh, but the accusation and the the implicit accusation at NBC then picked it up and others they they heard I mean we and many others I think we're not many but a number of others reacted very strongly to it and they uh, then they pulled down the um, the charge or the article with, in which the charge is uh, at least implicitly raised but but you know it's part of the outrage today I mean they, they, there are people being appointed who have very bad associations 
Uh, I don't know if you saw that there's a guy who was at Harvard who was uh, writes for the New York Times op-ed pieces, uh, opinion pieces, and he was arrested because he failed to register as a government as a um, uh, agent of the Iranian government. What? Yes, and he's in jail now, and he's being held because he failed to under the para laws and others to register. In the meantime, he's been publishing these articles supporting the Iranian regime. You know, as a, as a scholar, as a neutral, as an op-ed, as an op-ed writer. In the New York Times, he's had he has written. Yes, he's not wow. a regular. He's not an employee. Right, but he's a, a written guest, a lot of pieces. A guest op-ed He's writer. been looked to by others for for that, and and we see, you know. Um, People have had other very questionable associations, and yet there's no scrutiny, there's no reference, and here they, they concoct something, and right away the media is so ready to pick up every story, no no question about uh, the veracity, is and, and no questioning the sources. This is a, it's a troubling time, and the fact that people are so, so ready to make that kind of association, and even if you know the facts can be true, but what's, what is the negative? Why is that bad? Yeah. Do we do we check everybody else's contributions to everything that they that they their family's contributions to anything they give them? And she's held sensitive government positions before, and clearly has moved up because she's done a great job and and proved capable. So it wasn't a a gift job; it was a job that she earned. Look, the bottom line is, I know you're not going to agree based on our conversation five minutes ago, but the, the fact that the article was taken down. And that these media outlets are still feeling the pressure, I think, is a good sign. I know what you're saying that you know it's out there and it's viral and it's you know the we put the pressure on them. I, do. I know, but 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 I'm saying to you that that, that it, 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 it I want people to understand how our standards have changed. Yeah, if, if you have to comment on how remarkable it is that a lie is and a, and a blasphemous charge is taken down, but that's what happens when society's spiraling out of control. Okay. The only way to stop it is to start acknowledging the small stuff and hoping that you know things become to you know start turning around again at some point. You know, there's an article that just appeared that shows that there are hundreds of monuments around the world to people who were collaborators who during World War II who participated in the murder of Jews here in the United States. In, in a number of cities, there are monuments to people who you know have the blood of of countless Jews on their hands. And, you know, the people were going around taking down the, the Columbus statues and other, you know, leaders. And yet there are all over the world and in the United States in many places, these, these statues that, you know, honor those who were engaged in, in some of the most dastardly deeds in history. Yeah, I hear that. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSegal.com and the NahumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. By the way, are you allowed to comment if I uh, ask you if Ehud Olmert has gone off the deep end? Did you see his article about uh, Shelley Adelson? I saw his comments about Shelley Adelson. They were totally outrageous and inappropriate, regardless of who it would be, but from him and... Uh, I think he should be ashamed of himself at the very least. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to him, but very different than he was uh, decades ago, I can tell you that much. Uh, did you see the New York Times article about Rabbi Kanievsky? Or you haven't, I think it was just posted a few hours ago. I don't know if you saw it yet. No, I did not. They're talking about his uh, his role in, in COVID, not in a very positive manner, but... Uh, uh, but some might call it a balanced article. Uh, what What's the situation? Why am I getting so much 
uh, mixed information from Israel. Why am I being told that now they're considering extending the lockdown because things are so bad? And and yet another article I'm reading how the vaccinations have now you know stabilized the cases and less and lessened the positives. Can we get any straight story from what's happening there? Look, I think this disease is a very hard for, to to um, address. Nobody really has a handle on it. We're learning new things all the time, including the fact that people can get sick a long time after, or it's manifest a long time afterwards, that young people are manifesting in Israel, uh, are manifesting uh, symptoms from shortness of breath to other the particular diseases or, or um, maladies that are related to, to, um, to it, that pregnant women and children, it keeps morphing. And you have now the, the Brazilian version, the South African, the British, we don't know how. So far, it looks like the uh, at least the British is is, is um, dealt with by the vaccines, but nobody knows long term yet. So the government of Israel, which has done a remarkable job in inoculating people, and you see that the number of deaths of older people who have been inoculated has gone down dramatically, um, but the the importation of the disease and people who say you know we have antibodies doesn't mean you're not a carrier. And, it, and even if you have the inoculations, it doesn't mean you can stop wearing a mask. You can't because you can carry it. And nobody knows yet to what degree you really have immunity. Uh, they said that one guy came back from uh, Abu Dhabi and, and affected, infected 180 people himself. And, uh, but, but thousands were affected, infected by uh, groups that flew back. And they, in Israel, you're able to trace it because of the Kupat Cholim. And the um, um, medical system there—it's it—it's uh, a reason why Pfizer and others are helping Israel so much because they want the data that—that right. that is uniquely available. Even in the United States, we can't produce in the same percentage that the, that Israel can. So it's like a huge laboratory. So the the uh, the answer is that this is a very terrible disease. I spoke to people in the hotels in Yerushalayim, and they told me that it doesn't look like they can open up for Pesach. Uh, they're hoping for May, June, till the the numbers are the high enough of those inoculated that you get herd immunity. That, but but they will restrict immigration and and or quarantine post quarantine uh, on people. And we should be doing more of it here for those who come from abroad or who visited um, certain locations. I know that there are schools in the yeshivas in New Jersey that that if their kids go away for a trip and on a plane and stuff, that they have to quarantine for ten days. It's right. Of course, it's an inconvenience, and and you know there've been a lot of fights about the question: Did Russia Yeshiva tell people not to comply? Yes, to comply, and are there violations? Yeah, that's, that's the whole focus of that article. Right? I, I understand, yeah. but the, the the fact is that they're they're, they're recognizing it because look how many Gedolim, look how many Rabbanim again now are are sick. Yeah, hundred percent, and family members. It's uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's funny, <laughs> funny. That's the wrong word, but it, it seems since April, since April of 2020, we've basically been saying, you know, hopefully by May, June, hopefully by the summer, hopefully by Rosh Hashanah, hopefully by Hanukkah. Hope, I, it just, it just doesn't end. And now I think, as this, as psychologically as this Purim anniversary, because we all, you know, in the Jewish community, it's all about Purim, right? That's when it all started, um, for all intents and purposes, even though officially it was before that. Uh, I think as this first anniversary approaches, people are uh, psychologically are just going to have such a desire to move on and, and are, are going to approach things completely differently. That one-year anniversary, I think, is just going to 
spur a tremendous amount of desire for people to just get back to normal, even at the risk of uh, you know getting into compromising situations. Well, I hope uh, rabbis or Rosh Hashiva, the leaders, the people themselves, and our doctors, their medical community will warn people this year. We're still not ready for it. At it, it, the you know coming together in large numbers continues to yield people being sick. We know it from weddings. We know it from other events. I understand the frustration. Believe me, I feel it too. You want to see your grandchildren, your children. You want to see your friends. You want to engage with people. It's a natural, and it's. I think people are reaching their limit. Uh, I hear it from people in Israel as well. You know, who are under a, a long-term shutdown now, a lockdown that was supposed to end uh, this weekend, but uh, not clear at all that they will. Uh, in New York, they they're opening, going to open restaurants to a limited number uh, of seating. Uh, but oh, in New York should, City, I didn't well, know there's, there's talk about it. They're, they're waiting for the governor to give the okay. He gave it for other areas, but uh, there's talk of it. But at the same time, we're seeing these terrible numbers still, uh, and the number of people who are dying, and the fact that in Israel, people died in ambulances because there were no there was no beds in 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 the emergency wards for them, and it's it's so people please just. Take this seriously. I um, in Israel, they're talking about reopening in the middle of February, and then and then locking down again for Purim, and it might be a blessing in disguise. A Purim's on a Friday, frankly, it might encourage people to to gather less. It uh, may exactly it may well uh, limit yeah, someone. There's so but, much, but, uh, uh, but I understand. You know, the, 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 you can imagine what kind of an explosion of tourism there would be once people are free oh, to travel my again. Oh my Everybody gosh. hasn't been to Israel. Everybody <laughs> hasn't been anywhere. You know, it's going to be amazing, but um, and they're counting on the fact that this summer everybody will want to reconnect. I feel bad for the kids whose parents couldn't visit this year. Yeah, oh, but, so but Israel can't afford the the costs. Just think of the medical costs involved. Look at the toll in human life and productivity, and how their economy has been zooming along. Regardless, is is quite remarkable. Yeah. America too. You think of how many people haven't been in, in their offices or at work for long periods of time. It is remarkable. Just hoping that it ends soon. Um, what do you think of this uh, Robert Malley being uh, asked to be special envoy to Iran? Well, he has a very troubling uh, associations, uh, according to a lot of the reports. And uh, I, I know him. Obviously, I've worked with him in the past. I think his views are not ideal, and um, we will have to see. You know, the policy is set by the president, uh, but obviously advisors play a key role. The statements that Mr. Blinken, the new Secretary of State, has made this week were were good, and the fact that they say we're not rushing into the deal and that Iran has to move first, and uh, the French actually joining on it, the Germans making some tough comments about Iran, Iran saying, you know, that they reject all of this and that the United States, they have a deal and the United States gets in and we're doing better. We're increasing our production, which they are, of, of oil. But the fact is that as long as the sanctions are in place, they, they will be in big trouble. They are, you know, they're trying to get money. Um, Khamenei needs uh, about $20 million right now for the Houthis and the Hamas and Hezbollah and his other terrorist agents and much more than that for his domestic needs, immediate domestic needs. Uh, and I think that the, the statements that um, uh, Mr. Blinken said, that they have to come back and meet the standards before uh, the United States goes to a, a longer and stronger agreement, 
uh, and addresses, he called them, deeply problematic issues. So I think that that uh, was a more positive um, statement. You know, they froze the arms sales to Saudi Arabia and um, questioning the arms sales to the UAE, and they think this is a natural review that they, they would do, but obviously it sends concerns about how this will impact the Abraham Accords, and especially if they review the Morocco, uh, some of the concessions that were made vis-a-vis Morocco. Um, but the uh, most amazing thing was the statement by Kohavi, the chief of staff of um, of Israel, who, whose statement really shook people up in Israel. Um, but he, he said that a return to the nuclear deal is a strategic mistake, and he said um, that the normalization, you know, is impacting and it's isolating Iran in ways that they didn't know. So we should not give up the pressure and to maintain all the sanctions um, because it's weak and closest to making real concessions, despite the bravado of the statements that they make. But the fact that the chief of staff of Israel made the statement, I think, is uh, is critical. And, you know, at the same time, the United States is expanding some of its bases in Saudi Arabia. The, the Saudis are paying for it, but several ports are being expanded. So it increases the basing operations and the ability of the United States, the capacity of the United States in in the region. When so, I when I saw this week the U.S. Uh, freezing the F thirty five deal to the UAE, so I, you know, I said, okay, here's the beginning of the end of the Abraham Accords. You wouldn't say that. I would not say that. No, I think that they they there's too much in it, for the, especially the UAE. Uh, I think that Iran um, the Saudis are going to play it out and and wait and see as they have till now what the new administration wants. And um, there were other countries that supposedly were in negotiations. And he said very positive things, uh, Mr. Blinken, and I think uh, Sullivan also, the NSC National Security Advisor, that the about continuing the um, the accords. But the uh, you know the, the messages that they send now are very important because it's it's the thing on which people will base their views, their for their actions, their willingness to to go ahead. In some respects, as I've said before, I think it strengthens the relationship with Israel with these countries if they feel the United States isn't going to be tough on Iran or diminish our presence, as happened before, even when American vehicles in the last few years were uh, uh, vessels and stuff were withdrawn from from the uh, Persian Gulf or from other areas in the Middle East. Biden, Harris... Blinken, Mali, I mean, it sort of sounds like it based on what you just said, but can we just acknowledge that there will be an Iran deal? It's obvious that we're on the road to some type of renewal. Well, the president has said very clearly all along that they want to get back in the deal. They think it was a mistake that we lost our leverage, that, um, you know, they've made their case uh, public, but they're not rushing into it. As some said that, then you know, the first day they're going to go in, we're going to reopen the, the the JCPOA. It's not true. It's not happening. And I don't think you should lump all those people together because I think there are a lot of differences of views between uh, some of them. Um, and there are people who who are, have gotten positions whose views are are uh, troubling, and there are. Uh, but I think the public statements that we've seen so far make clear the aid that they have reiterated their support for the U.S.-Israel relationship. The, sec- the new ambassador to the U.N. is very clear about f- fighting the discrimination, the bias against Israel in the U.N. Uh, the four people I mentioned are likely not on the same page when it comes to the Iran deal. 
they likely are on the same page. Wouldn't you uh, say? No, I wouldn't say that. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't give us details on which of the four, would you? No. <laughs> okay. No matter how much I press you? Uh, do you think you this— You press me too much already. <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. Do you think this vaccine um, scramble internationally could end up being a really volatile political situation? Because uh, yesterday I saw— yeah. And, and and who's going to suffer for it? Well, first of all, they'll blame the Jews as we see the conspiracy theories that because you have Jewish doctors and Jewish you know people who are helping to find solutions, saying, "Oh, you see, they're concocted in the first place," and that uh, you know the, the and and don't believe it's not it's not accepted by huge swaths of people around the world, and then you have a lot of resentment in Africa if they see Israel, you know, is working so hard and planned ahead and paid and whatever, uh, right. didn't do anything inappropriate, but they're saying, oh, you see, they're, they're locking in the corners, they're, they're inoculating our people, and only a very small percentage of people in most of the African countries and wealthy ones have, um, have been inoculated. So hopefully with the arrival of the Sinopharm, the Chinese and the Russian and the AstraZeneca and many others are in development, that uh, more and more people will be uh, inoculated. But it's not because it's manipulated. It's because of the nature of the system and there's a limited amount of production that if New York City can't get it, and New York State has to stop uh, inoculating people for days because they didn't have the... This, the capacity, the number of uh, vaccinations available to, to fill the needs. So it's certainly not uh, discriminatory. It's a factor of supply and demand and of preparation and of organization. And the fact that the Israeli army got involved, enabled them. People told me they waited a minute to get the shot. They, yeah. they were, and you could show up and, and you would go and, and they didn't throw out stuff at the end of the day. And they used the extra shot in the, in the vials. Um, My brother said it was so efficient he almost got both in the same day. Just kidding, folks. Uh, <laughs> but he did say it took about 10 minutes of waiting, and that was it, and he was lauding the system. All right, a couple of uh, last things here. First of all, I, I mean, if there is going to be some type of warming up between uh, the new president and the uh, likely new president of the PA, uh, um, is there going to be a formal meeting? I mean, I know that these, you know, there can't be a trip to Washington at the moment with COVID, et cetera, but are we going to see some type of uh, outreach from the White House to the PA? Yes, I think you will, that there uh, are people there who have had very close ties to people in the PA. It doesn't mean that they excuse. I mean, the PA doesn't make it easy for them, the internal uh, dissension and disruptions. Um, so, that they, and to talk about how they bypass um, the pay to slay. And, uh, you know, they, we know that the financial situation is very bad, and yet they didn't want to take money from Israel. Then they, of course, backed off. But the Arab world has cut by 82% this year, this in 2020 the amount of money they gave to the Palestinians. And we're now looking to go back and give them more money. But, you know, it's, it's really quite a, a, a remarkable basis because it's based on the first uh, eight months of the year. And, and uh, this came from, from Palestinian sources acknowledging that the hundreds of millions of dollars that they used to get has ended because people are frustrated and the uh, economic conditions and, and things like that, but they they are always on the uh, verge of bankruptcy. And the United States and Israel encourages Qatar and others to give them money because you know it might fall on Israel the burden, uh, and the impact obviously is is not good when people 
are starving or where the governments really don't work, and we know that they're kleptocracies, yeah. and all of the leadership becomes uh, very wealthy. So it's it's um, uh, the the financial situation is terrible. Yet they still divert hundreds of millions of dollars to pay those who are in prisons and those who killed Jews and those who engaged in terrorism, uh, and and announce that they're going to put them on the payroll. They're going to do things that will that will bypass the um, sanctions and the restrictions that have been imposed by the United States and some by European countries as well. And I, I think you should. Um, there is some change in tones in some of the statements coming out of, of uh, European countries regarding Iran, regarding some of these other issues as well. And finally, one of our listeners asked, what do you think of Ahmadinejad coming out of the woodwork? I didn't realize he had. Has he had a higher profile recently? Not much, but uh, I would welcome it. I, I miss him. <laughs> uh, I've said it. I think I said it on the show years ago that he was the best thing we had when trying to explain the Iran thing because you know, these guys dress better. Rouhani, Zarif, you know, they smile and they go before, and, you know, as they're putting the dagger in. So right. It's not a difference really in policy. It's a difference in packaging. And Ahmadinejad was very clear. Everybody knew what we were dealing with. And in part, Zarif, with whom I negotiated over the Iran 13, um, and I always say that you knew he was lying if his lips were moving. Wow. Uh, you know, he's a chameleon. He's not straight in any way. But but And so he tries to put on this other show, but he made some pretty angry and uh, statements against the United States in the last uh, week, two weeks, uh, and understand that he's just no different. And the, the election that's going to take place in May is just between which hardliners, right. because there's no real differentiation. The hardliners are in charge in Iran. There are those who are more pragmatic, who try to put on a different front to say, you know, we're we open and you could support us because we're more moderate. Otherwise, the hardliners, they're all hardliners uh, in, in this. So uh, Iran is continuing to move ahead with its nuclear program. They're, with four those functioning, they're in, they admit that they're increasing a lot, the stockpiles, at least uh, um, uh, of, of enriched uranium. And each aspect, the weaponization, the missile systems that developed, we saw them firing into the Indian Ocean. The guidance systems have improved, uh, and their breakout time shrinks all the time into the, that within a few years, all the restrictions are going to be off. Yep. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak Great again job. next week. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Fridays with us, JM the AM for the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin's uh, presentation regarding uh, Shabbos Shira, Parshas B'Shalach, is next. I want to thank the Kurtzfeld and Knecht families for their generous support of the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting in uh, in um, uh, sponsoring this morning's presentation by Rabbi Yudin. It is in memory of Rachelea Kurtzfeld, Rachelea Bas Moshe Ezra, Rachelea Kurtzfeld Bas uh, Moshe Ezra, and Tova. It's in her honored memory that we present Rabbi Yudin this morning, this time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bishalach. Parshas Bishalach is Shabbos Shira, the Shabbos on which we read from the Torah, 
the song which Bnei Yisrael sang immediately after their crossing the Yamsuf. Wow! And in this week's parsha, we can very well understand that last week in Parsha's bow, the Jewish people left Egypt. And in this week's parsha, Egypt left the Jewish people. What does that mean? It means that the refrain of the parsha, of the Shira, is, Bashira Lashem Kigo Ga'a, right? Hashem greatly exalted, Sus Virochvo Ramavayom. What are we talking about the horse? So the horse, as we know, from the fact that the Torah in Parshas Shoftim warns and says that the king is not to have too many horses, lest he return the people to Mitzrayim, because Mitzrayim prided themselves in their raising of special steeds and special horses, representing the culture, be it the armament and whatever Mitzrayim stood for. So therefore, now at the Yam, Sus Verochbo, the horse and its rider, Ramab Bayam, HaKadosh Baruch who threw into the sea, the Egypt was taken out of the Jewish people. According to the Chinuch, there is one mitzvah in Parshas Bishalach, uh, which happens to be a mitzvah slosase, a restrictive mitzvah, namely tchumin, that one is not to literally walk beyond their makom on Shabbos. We find at the end of the parsha, Vayovo Amolek, and before that, wow, the miracle of the man which was given to Bnei Yisrael, um, Baruch Hashem, to sustain them for their 40 years in the desert. I'd like to focus on one verse in this week's parsha, and that is the last verse in okay, whereby the Torah tells us that after Kriyas Yamsuf, we experience Mora. What happens? Vayasa Moshe Es Ha'am. What does that mean? That Moshe had to literally, forgive me, force the people. Vayasa Moshe Es Yisrael Mi Yamsuf. Right? What does that mean, Vayasa? So, the rabbis tell us that Bnei Yisrael were so caught up with the Biza of Mitzrayim, the wealth that they were able to collect from how the Egyptians bedecked the chariots and their horses with all their riches and ornaments, says Rashi, he Sion Balkorcham. He caused them to um, literally move on almost against their will because they were busy, busy taking the goodies and the wealth of Egypt. And Rashi tells us, Ugdola hoisa bizas hayam mi bizas mitzrayim. 
that which they accumulated and gathered the riches of Egypt at the Yam was even greater than what they took out when they left Egypt, where the Torah says, Vayinatzlu es Mitzrayim. Amazing, okay? And then what happens? The Torah tells us they come to a place which is named Mora. Why? Bitter. Because the waters there are bitter. The people complain, Oyayay, what are we to drink? And Hashem shows Moshe a miracle, namely, the waters are bitter. Take a tree, which happens to be bitter, and throw the bitter tree into the bitter waters, and vayim hamayim. There, the waters then became sweetened. Ah, now, what happened? Bnei Yisrael were caught up in Olam Hazeh, in this worldliness. Wow, look at the riches that they are getting. And then they immediately were given a crash course at Mora. That they went three days. Three days after having these riches, and all of a sudden there is a vailonu am. The people are complaining. Why are they complaining? There's an emptiness. There's namely, okay, what is my purpose and tafkid, my fulfillment in this world? And they felt this emptiness. And therefore, the Gemara in Bavakamwa teaches us that what happened at Mora is Bavakamwa 82a, that Omdu Nevi'im Shebeneim, the prophets amongst the Jewish people, taught them in Mora that they should be reading the Torah every Monday, every Thursday, so that they don't go three days without the public reading of Torah. Wow! So Mora was a crash course in teaching B'nai Yisrael values. Yes, money and wealth is important, but only if it is attached to meaning and purpose, namely Torah and mitzvos, which is why the Torah tells us Shom, Sam, Lo, Choku Mishpat, Visham Nisa. There at Mara, we were given both Chok and Mishpat, some laws which we could understand, some laws which we couldn't understand. There at Mara, we were given Shabbos. There at Mara, we were given be it Kibur Ave'im, be it Paraduma. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says we were given Dinim, the various Mishpatim, the social laws governing man. At Mara, we were given law. And it's the verse that immediately follows our being at Mara that I'd like to focus this morning. At the very beginning of Hamishi, chapter 15, Pasuk 27, the Torah tells us, Vayovou Elima, we came to a place called Elim. And what was special about Elim? The Torah tells us, Visham, and there at Elim, Shtemesre Enos Mayim, there at Elim, there were 12 springs of water, and Shivim Tmorim, and 70 date palms, and Vayachnu Sham Alamoyim. They encamp there by the water. Very nice. 
that the Torah tells us they go from Mora to Elim. So the Ebenezer explains it to mean that they went from where it was bitter to where the waters were sweet. Because in order to have 70 date palm trees, you need sweet water. Fine. What is the Torah telling us, and why is this so significant that it even gets an honorable mention in this week's parsha that they come to Elim with the springs of water and the 70 date palms? Well, I'd like to tell you that it's a lot more than a simple honorable mention because I'd like to take you to the beginning of Parshas Masay. And there, the Torah is reviewing with us the 42 stops that the Jewish people made as they left Egypt, going and traversing the desert in the course of their 40 years. And basically, it's a listing of one place after another, and the Torah, when it enumerates, does not tell us what happened at these places. So, in Masay, <coughs> excuse me, when the Torah tells us that they were at Morah, the Torah doesn't remind us of the miracle of Morah, of the waters becoming sweet. However, the Torah does tell us that from Morah, we went to Elim, Vayachanu, Vayisumimora. We traveled from Mora, Vayavo Elima. We come to Elim. And once again, in case you forgot from this week's parsha, Uve Elim, Shtemesre Enos Mayim. There were once again 12 springs of water and 70 Detron trees, Vayachanu Sham. So there must be something going on regarding these springs and these um, trees. The Ramban, in his commentary on this Pasuk, tells us something very special. He quotes from the Mechilta, and there, in the Mechilta, he says, in the name of Rebbe Loza HaModo'i, Miyom Shabara Kodesh Baruch Hu Esolamo, from the day that God created this world, Barasham, on that very day, he created Shtemesrei Mabuin, he created 12 springs, Keneged Yudbeis Shifte Yisrael, corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel, Veshivim Dekalim, and 70 date palm trees, Keneged Shivim Zekenim, corresponding to the 70 elders. Now, what's going on here? Says the Sefer Som Derech. I, Reb Simcha Zisel Brody, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Hebron, something very, very sharp. What the Torah is doing is Hashem is laying out the red carpet for Bnei Yisrael. Hashem is extending kavod for Am Yisrael. Hashem is extending kavod for the Zakanim. Honor for the Jewish people. Honor for the elders. Hashem, we're being told from the very beginning of creation, 
put these springs there, that once the Jewish people will have learned the lesson of Marah, that they must integrate Torah in their lives, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to use that expression one more time, is, red, is laying out the red carpet for them. Welcome aboard. You're now on your way towards Sinai. You're now on your way that you're going to accept the Torah. How important are you? Your acceptance of the Torah is what gives meaning, purpose, and continuity for this world. As we say in the Kiddush tonight, right before we begin, the Kiddush, and Rashi says that Hashem made a condition with the world. If Jewish people will accept the Torah, there's a purpose for the world. The world will continue. And if not, the world would have been brought to, come on, Tovavo. That's it. It would have ended. So right now in this week's parsha, when you have that one verse of the 12 springs and the 70 date palms, corresponding to the importance of each tribe individually and each of the 70 Zakanim, which represents the continuity of Klai Yisrael. Wow! The Torah is saying to us, Hashem is saying, I am investing in you. I see great potential in you. That's why I'm giving you this kavod. You give your children kavod because you want them to do well. You show them they're so important. A good Rebbe is one that gives kavod to his Talmudim. You guys are great. You guys have such potential. And then they're going to rise to the occasion, as opposed to unfortunately, God forbid, putting them down. And that's what's happening right over here here at Elim. Wow! Hashem is showing the great potential of Klai Yisrael. It is today, one day after Tu B'Shvat. What's so special at Tu B'Shvat, as we're told in the Mishnah, that it is Rosh Hashanah Lo'ilom, according to Base Hillel, the new year of the trees. So the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Yudalit, tells us that, and Rashi explains that by Tu B'Shvat, the majority of the rainfall has fallen, and the sraf, the sap, is ole. The sraf, the sap rather, excuse me, goes up in the trees, which that in of itself, most of us don't have the time to think about this, is really going against, quote, nature. Nature knows that there's gravity, which things that are higher up go down. Where do you find things that are down that go up? Well, here you have it that the srap is rising in the tree. What does that mean? That we celebrated yesterday the potential of the tree. That now the tree is going to give forth its fruit. Elim is celebrating the potential of Klai Yisrael. And I just want to tell you the following. Two things. One, tonight... Let's learn one quick halacha regarding to brachos, to bishvat, and specifically tonight, when you make the hamotzi, says the machaber in chapter 167, halacha dalid, put your two hands over the challah. Hold the challah with your two hands at the time of the bracha. Why? Sheyesh ben eser etzbaos, Thank God you have ten fingers, and your ten fingers correspond, says the Machaber, to the ten mitzvos which are included in the making of bread. 
and if you look in the Mishnah Brura, in Chavdalid, he goes on to tell you what they are. That's starting with the time that the farmer plows. He doesn't plow with Shor V'chamor. And at the time that he plants, he doesn't plant Kilayim. Basically, the opportunity that our taking the beautiful bread bought in a bakery that your wife baked at home. The bottom line is we take a challah and we're able to not only koveya the su'uda, not only to remind us of the Lechem Mishnah, which is why you have two, but more important, the idea is that through a challah, we're able to realize and thank Hashem for the ten mitzvos that are included in making the challah. Before I get there, the ability to inject spirituality into everything that we do. This is our great potential. And finally, there is that very nice minhag of leaving for the birds. The birds covered up mainly when Dustin and Aviram said, come on, take a look everybody, the man did come down on Shabbos and Moshe said it would not come down by the time they came out because Dustin and Aviram put it out it was gone because the birds ate it and people therefore, be that they put out kasha, bird food for the birds put it out this afternoon if you want to do it, but don't put it out on Shabbos because it's a mitzvah to feed your animals on Shabbos However, animals which are not yours and are not dependent upon you, you shouldn't feed them on Shabbos or Yom Tov, which is why, number one, by Tashlech, you don't throw the bread into the river, the water, on Rosh Hashanah. You can do it before or after Rosh Hashanah, as well as feeding the birds, not on Shabbos from before. Wishing everybody... A good Shabbos, wishing everybody the opportunity of rising, of realizing how much Hashem invests in us, how much potential He sees in us. We should please God be Zoche to actualize our potential. Shabbat Shalom to all. A big thank you to Rabbi Yudin for his words regarding uh, Parshas Bishalach and Shabbos Shira. Uh, today, uh, Rabbi Yudin's parsha shir has been uh, has been dedicated to the honored memory of Rachelia Basmosha Ezra, Rachelia Kurtzfeld, Basmosha Ezra and Tova by the Kurtzfeld and Connect families, and we thank them for their support and um, for utilizing uh, our uh, a presentation of Rabbi Yudin to remember Rachelia Basmosha Ezra. More coming up at twenty minutes before nine o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM. That's uh, Aryeh Kunstler, of course. Before that, uh, Yanki Lemmer with Yismach Moshe Leviathan. Before that one, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Ke- excuse me, candle lighting in New York at 4.50. And I thank you all for tuning in, being part of this amazing radio experience on a daily basis. Don't forget our friends at shopeichlers.com. Shopeichlers.com, in addition to their uh, incredible... Um, a website, they've got same-day delivery. ShopEichlers.com offers delivery to a Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. The largest Judaica store is now online. They have all the Art Scroll products, um, including the big uh, Mission and Talmud sale. Uh, they've got uh, hundreds of other categories, all the Judaica and gifts you can imagine. Check out ShopEichlers.com and enjoy. Um, don't forget that uh, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night beginning at 9 p.m. right here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Don't forget that uh, Matis will host JM uh, Sunday, uh, which will take place this coming Sunday starting at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Matis are by Goldwasser and everything you'd expect from a great edition of JM Sunday. And um, coming up next... During our music format, starting at 10 a.m., you'll hear Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, plus, of course, the Arab Shabbos Music Mix, and the final hour, all brought to you by Kedem. Here's Journeys at JM in the End. Spend the day together 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JM and the AM. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. Uh, Matis with JM Sunday this coming Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow night it's Avrami with Saturday Night Seagull. Plenty coming up today. Thank you to Mark Zamek, the Arab Shabbos Show. Thank you to our friends at Kedem. That starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. for the final hour. Thank you to our friends at Kedem. Arab Shabbos Music Mix. Thank you to our friends at Kedem. Monday morning I'm back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Enjoy Shabbos Shira. And a great weekend. Till uh, next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.